Hey listeners, it's Keith from Evertrue. Evertrue is the end-to-end solution for insight, outreach, and analytics for higher ed advancement and stewardship teams around the world. Recently, we launched Evertrue Studios, Advancement's very first media hub, where subscribers have access to over 100 hours of free, on-demand original series and podcasts, all created with fundraisers in mind. Check us out at evertrue.com backslash studios. I'm Kim Naoni, and this is Mentorship Matters, a podcast that examines the current and future landscape of fundraising leaders and the power of inclusive mentorship in advancement. Today, I have my friend and uh, leadership guru, uh, Stephanie Balzer from Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephanie, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Kim. I'm excited Absol- to be here. Absolutely. It's a thrill. You know, when I was thinking about what, what you've been up to recently and, uh, you know, after successful career in communications and marketing and branching out to really uh, take a deep dive in the coaching space, I couldn't help but think of this notion of uh, coaching the best you. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times uh, for many of us in leadership or those who aspire, the uh, art or sort of the thinking that, you know, I need somebody else to help me bring out the best in me is not something that we're comfortable with because we think we're good. And so mm-hmm. everybody else should see that we're good or everybody should see that we're talented, but mm-hmm. yet we don't really look into the fact that sometimes self-awareness is a, uh, is a skill that not, not many have. Even those who have it will be helped by somebody who is trained and is experienced at bringing the best out of you. So talk to me about, mm-hmm. about how you do that in your, in your field and sort of what, 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 your, what your perspective is. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you've hit on a really important mindset shift um, that people have to make when that, that I wish more more people could make, and, and it's happening. You know, the coaching industry is really growing, but I think there is um, the the edge that we have to cross or get comfortable with is this idea that I need coaching because I have a deficit or I'm, I'm broken in some way. Um, shifting that to coaching is a way that um, I can maximize m- my strengths that exist. I can become, like you said, that better, that more effective, more efficient, more happy, more fulfilled. You know, whatever it is that someone wants, there's that shift you can make Um, And an analogy I use is that when you have a broken leg, you go to a doctor. When you want to get stronger leg muscles, you go to a coach. And and it's been transformative in my own relationship. I've worked with my own coach now for many years. You know, firsthand, I know how much of a difference it can make in, in just who you are and who you want to become. Yeah, you know, absolutely right. Uh, I've had over the years people that I've considered to be mentors and they've dealt more with, okay, you need to know how to raise money. You need to have leadership presence, blah, blah, blah. But they've never really gone into depth because that's not their area of expertise, right? They're fundraising professionals. So they're sharing what they have experienced, which is part of what we talk about in mentorship. But the other dimension of this is what you're talking about is understanding uh, it's not that I, I'm not good, 
Oh, it's not that, uh, you know, I, I'm struggling. It's just that I, I, I'm understanding and I'm being honest with myself that I could be better. Mm-hmm. I, I could, I could unpack those levers that I have that I may be blind to, you know, I may be blind to the fact that I have this other skill set that is clearly in front of you. I mean, I've encountered people where, you know, they're working, uh, you know, in uh, major gifts and uh, fundraising for institutions. And it's all about, you know, let's just close, 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 close. But they really care deeply about building those uh, formative relationships with the donors over time. They enjoy engaging uh, individuals and reconnecting them to the institution in that way. And you ask me, you know, I listen to you talk. I mean, you are in the wrong space. I mean, do you realize you have this other skill? You know, mm-hmm. I can see this. And and so I look at, at coaching from that same perspective in that in my own career, uh, having uh, one or two people that sat with me and maybe it was to talk about my communication style. Maybe it was to talk about, uh, you know, some cultural aspects uh, of myself where, let's say, I'm used to working in the East Coast type of flow, you know, um, comfortable in, uh, I'll pick on Boston. I'm comfortable in that, go, 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 go. And I find myself move uh, moving to uh, a much slower a pace of uh, uh, a place, say, uh, I'll pick on my friends in South Carolina. Now, an executive coach can help me understand how maybe my ways in which I communicate may not be very cultural uh, uh, coming, uh, sort of ex- uh, manifesting themselves in the best way when you're transversing that multicultural environment. What are your thoughts? Yes. Um, a lot of, so I always begin, I probably say this every coaching call, but I, but I, but there's coaching is really focused on what do you want? What does that individual want? Um, so the example you gave, maybe that, maybe that person who is experiencing a different culture, they might approach a coaching relationship with, I want, what I want is to be fluid and comfortable and myself in this culture. Maybe that's what they want. So that would be the place we begin. And, and the difference between, you know, again, uh, um, you might seek out a mentor because they have industry experience or, you know, they're further along in their career than you are. They have right. knowledge about what you do for working with a coach, um, coaches really rarely give advice. If I do, I always preface it with, can I give you my opinion? Or would you like to know how I handle it? But, but that's really rare. Usually what I'm doing is drawing on the individual's innate creativity, their strengths, their, you know, so I might observe or, or, you know, draw on their past experiences. How have you handled that in the past? What do you want? What do you see that's possible? So it's almost flipping it from me having the answers, the coach having the answers to helping the individual um, discover and work that out for themselves. So when I talk to a friend and I say, you know, uh, I used a coach, uh, you know, as I was uh, trying to become a better professional, better leader, and, uh, you know, the question that inevitably comes up is, uh, 
what really is uh you know coaching and what yeah. is what is it and what is it not i mean yeah. am i am i gonna go uh see somebody who's gonna tell me how bad i am and i need to yeah. be fixed or am i gonna go to somebody who gives me a positive reinforcement or yeah. what is it and so perhaps you could you could shed a light on that from your perspective yes. sure um usually someone comes to a coach because they want something you know maybe they feel out of alignment in their life or they have this unfulfilled dream or um you know they're they're in a role in a leadership role and encountering challenges that they've never had before and so coaching becomes that confidential space where they can work things out completely privately but we're not starting from the place of you're broken or there's something wrong with you. We're starting from the place of um, you are, you know, a, a whole complete person. No one's diagnosing or telling you you're wrong. Um, we're starting from a place of, okay, let's, this is your time to work something out, to think about your future, to brainstorm solutions. And, and you can do that with your family. You know, you can do that with your significant other. You can do that with your, you know, with your best friends. But often those people, sometimes those people are going to have a stake, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you can't say, <laughs> right? Like, maybe you need a place that's completely private. And then that's what coaching becomes. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, I've seen it where somebody sends you to coaching to prove a certain point. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, you know, Stephanie is no good. So uh, I'm going to suggest this, then I can use that to say, see, she's yeah. no good. So she shouldn't get this job and da, 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 da. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen that happen. And uh, of course, uh, the, the other perception is uh, sort of like Tony Soprano going to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to that uh, psych, psychologist yeah. and yeah. therapist. And, okay, Tony, tell me what's wrong. Okay, blah, 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 but, but that's totally not it. Yeah. Totally not it. Yeah. I do a lot of um I do a lot of work on people's values. What really matters to them? Um So you help you help them define their values. Yep, I listen for those words, you know, and um I, I listen for words. I I look at body language. Like sometimes people might be you know, really frustrated, like some, someone could be come in really angry, really frustrated, really upset about something. Well, well, there's a value that got stepped on there. There's something that they want that got squashed. Maybe they want more freedom or autonomy and they have a supervisor that's very, um, you know, controlling or hands-on. Maybe they're, and, and so reframing that, like, well, this is your value. You really value that. Um, so sometimes it is looking at who, what, what, what makes a person put together, because we all have those ideas of what's important to us, what matters to us. Um, you know, with unfulfilled dreams, I think mm -hmm. a lot of people have an idea of who or what they want to be and do with their lives, but we also um, have skill sets and we get slotted into roles and we and and we need to um pay for our kids college or you know provide for a household or you know so those dreams that we may have put on the back burner then get buried deep but sometimes they don't go away so how do you help a person 
feel, um, you know, come to that place where they um, are rediscovering who they might, who they might want to be next. You know, I think that's a very important point, and it kind of begs me to ask uh, whether uh, in the in the act of uh, or the process of uh, helping somebody to define their their, their core values, uh, you also look at it from a culture uh, perspective where somebody's coming from. And I say that because I grew up in a culture where you know, I mean, my parents were not wealthy at all; they didn't have anything, and so they were you know from, from tanzania and they were driven uh to be successful and uh, my dad didn't want to go back to the village and have you know a situation where you know his kids would not wear shoes until they're in high school and they did not have the opportunity to do it so he pushed himself and it's the cult the culture that we came from was yeah. you always work hard you yeah. always you, you don't settle for number two when you can be number one yeah. And, um, and, 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 and frankly, I think sometimes, uh, at times, uh, early in my career, uh, some of the challenges that I had was because I always felt less yeah. than because that's the, the culture I came from expected more than what I was doing. And so I wasn't realizing the fact that, Hey, you're in your twenties and you're already more successful. You know, if you look at title, and yeah. in position, you're most successful than most people at your age. Right. And I remember years later, uh, one of my former colleagues at uh, Arizona, uh, we, were, we, were, we were talking and, uh, you know, uh, she's retired uh, uh, executive in uh, HR. And so we're having a conversation and she said, you know, you should be proud of yourself. I mean, you've had a, a well-rounded career in advancement at university and have gotten into roles that most people spend their careers not getting to. Yes. But it took it took me almost to that point to sort of say, you know, she's right. Yeah. I mean, she's right. I look at other folks and say she's right, but I was still struggling with that, uh, you know, sort of uh, the cultural expectation. Yes. And so back back to when you're talking about establishing your values, it took uh, sitting with a uh, an, an executive coach uh, who asked me to define my values as actionable values. You know. I'm going to be intentional, not just intentionality. Or you hear these vague uh, values that, that people put there, you know, uh, integrity. But what does that mean? Right. And so um, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm curious, how do you relate to that idea? This is turning the table on you. And I'll answer uh -huh. your question. But I'm just, <laughs> how have you come? Where are you now with that? With that inherited sense of achievement? You know, uh, part of it, I, I don't think I'm ever going to lose it because just that I'm a type A person, so I'm always going to be striving for more. But what I've arrived at after all these years has been to uh, to be content in letting my in focusing on the work that I'm doing and the impact that it's having in the people that I serve, mm -hmm. because uh, that I see as the the path that will lead me to where i'm supposed to be yeah. and it's no longer more about wanting to be president of a foundation university foundation for the sake of that uh it's more so to be in a role in a situation that will leverage my skills in the best way possible so yeah. uh you know my leadership experience my fundraising experience my experience in higher education if that means that 
I end up being a, a vice president at Fresno Foundation, amen. Uh, great. If that doesn't mean that, I'm comfortable in that. And also, uh, you know, judging with that, I'll say early on, it was important for me to be in a prestigious institution or whatnot. But, uh, you know, over the years, as I've really, I developed my core values and started really looking on those programs. Uh, you, you know, this uh, in uh, 19, I, I was part of the Harvard Graduate School of Education's uh, International mm-hmm. Education Management and mm-hmm. sitting through that program and uh, just really got me to hone into my core values mm-hmm. for what my mission was. So these days, I'm not really too concerned about being in university number one or number 10 or global organization. I'm more concerned about a place that impacts lives in the community I live in. So when I look at our time at UNLV, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, you can see the impact of, the, of education on mm-hmm. the students that we're serving. I mean, you can see it. I mean, this yeah. is generational transforming. I mean, you go to many communities that, that are like that, first generation students. Yeah. I'm, more, I'm more tickled about that and about that work yeah. than, than being more worried about uh, uh, sort of uh, all those other in- ancestral things that were being pushed when I was young. Yes. Yeah. So that's sort, of, that's sort of where I am. And I'm confident. Yeah. yeah. And, and impact might be a value that, you know, has kind of risen to the top over maybe prestige, you know, really seeing that place. One thing that um, I love about my coaching tradition, um, I studied at Coactive Training Institute in San Francisco, and um, it has so many creative modalities built into it, the curriculum. And, and so it's perfect for me because I, I like thinking in metaphor. And yeah. so I often introduce metaphor um, as a way to think about your values. So I'll give you an example of my mm-hmm. own. One of my core values is Las Vegas because that to me, you know, and it's a very personal definition. I know people have all kinds of ideas about Vegas, but for me, there's um, that encapsulates diversity, um, mission work, mm-hmm. opportunity. Um, it's a fun city. I like to have fun. So, so that kind of fun. Oh, yeah. um, um, so, so for me, the word Las Vegas, the idea of Las Vegas, my Las Vegas incorporates so much of, you know, risk, adventure, diversity, um, helping people, mission-driven work. At the core of it is education for for me. Um, So I often ask people to reflect on, you know, if we have these values that are these sort of complex strings or embedded like little clusters, is there a metaphor that can encapsulate that that's personal to you? Absolutely. I mean, I I, I share that belief in, uh, in, in, in Las Vegas and oftentimes I, you know, when I talk to people about Vegas and I'm telling, I tell them I'm, I'm going back and I'm like, man, you, you're back there all the time. Yeah. I say it because that's my community. And yeah. I, I look at it very, from a very different lens than, you know, somebody going to, yeah. to this trip. It's the yeah. uh, community organizations that I, that I was part of and one that I'm still part of. It's the, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the different uh, organizations, rescue mission, you name it. And also it's the other 
uh, entertainment innovations that happen there and those kind of things. And, and there are many communities around the country where somebody can't find that, that yeah. defines them. You know, uh, same thing. I love Miami. Miami is, you know, South Beach is one little sliver and it's actually Miami Beach. And uh, Miami is a community uh, is global, vibrant, full of energy and innovation and, and culture and all those kind of things. So when I, you know, I, I could I could sit down and say, you know, if I had to define a, a city that would define me, it would be, uh, I'll share the same thing. It'll be two, it'll be those two. It'll be Las Vegas and it'll be Miami. So it, yeah. uh, everybody, every, everybody at work that knows me knows that. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, and so then in, in uncovering people's values, right. um, there, there is a part of that. Where are you, what are you drawn to? Um, sometimes I ask people what superhero they would be um, because that's a nice way to get at what's important to them. Um, like I, well, what superhero would you be? Do you, have a, do you have a superhero? You know, if I was to think of a superhero, I would say Superman. Okay. Is there a reason why? Yes, because I, you know, I like the fact that he would go out there and, and save people and, and, you know, and, and, and be the hero that goes after the bad guys. Uh, and I think for me, that goes back to earlier on uh, when I was in college, I was a intern with a federal public defender in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I wanted to be a lawyer because I'd watched Johnny Cochran get OJ free. And I said, yeah. you know what? that guy i want to be that guy but i don't be on the other side because i don't yeah. lock up bad people that yeah. are killing people so i was always uh you know of that mindset because when i was a kid i would see you know i watch superman i'm like yeah yeah he's yeah. a, he's, he's yes. a kid in tanzania getting mesmerized by this superhero that's going out there and saving people so yes. that that would be my explanation yes there's an ep there's something epic about it like yeah. that whole um, yes. So I start to do that, like ask, ask people questions that might be a little unexpected yeah. but as a way to, um, as a way to uncover, uh, some of those ideas that they might put this patina of being perfect over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I tell people nobody's perfect. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fact that you are agreed to be mentored by somebody is, is the first step in realize, realizing that, yeah. You know, here's my end goal and everybody can learn from someone. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if it's the janitor in your building. If you're yeah. designing a building and you're not including those folks, uh, you may find yourself having to reroute a few things later on because you are not talking to people who see people call coming in and out. So you yeah. can learn from, 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 from that perspective. You can learn from colleagues, friends, yes. But more importantly, having a dedicated coach. And today I wanted to talk about that subject because some people early in their career may not think about that, but it is absolutely critical. And, you know, not all coaches are going to charge you a, a ton of money. Uh, they, right. they offer you different price points where you can have somebody, even early on in the career, an assistant director, you can find somebody at a very minimal cost that will give you and be, uh, th their time and be able to prepare you uh, so that, you know, you're building on a strong foundation earlier on in your career. So I yes. encourage people, regardless of where you are in your career, consider having a coach, consider yeah. having somebody who 
who you can work with. So as we think about this, uh, to kind of uh, tie every, everything together, uh, some key takeaways on how coaching can help folks uh, be, be the best of themselves. Yes, so I would say coaching helps you envision your future. If you can't articulate or if you, uh, and, and, it, and it doesn't have to be articulate with words, but sometimes we don't even dare to dream about who we could be, you know, yeah. like you hear those voices come in, like, who are you? Yeah. Who are you to be great? Or who are you to want to aspire to, to whatever? So helping, giving permission and helping people envision the future. I want to be the president of the foundation. I want to, um, you know, start my own, you know, furniture company, whatever it is. So one is helping envision the future. Two, helping make decisions. Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of scenario planning we could do, you know, play out. All right. You're faced with this huge decision to go left or right. Let's try them on. Okay. What does left look like? Let's flesh it out in a, in a neutral place where I'm not, um, you know, I have no horse in horse in the race. So let's try out both sides. Let's explore some other options. So decision-making complex decision-making is a place to sort it out. Um, envisioning the future. And then third, processing emotion. Um, right. You know, especially when you're a CEO or a leader of a team, you have feelings about what happened in your team. What, oh, yeah. You know, what's going on? Who Who's you mad at you? Yeah, there's feelings that come with it because we're humans. But where do you put that? You know, it's a place that you can put that where there's confidentiality and you're not going to Bob or Kim or Joe, who yeah. also then might, you know, share that. Oh, yeah. They're oh, yeah. So I would say those three things, envisioning your future, making decisions, and then processing what's going on. No, I really, I really truly appreciate it. I, and you're hit it right in the head. I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, being able to envision, you know, to dream big. Uh, one, one of my supervisors I truly respect, you know, he always tells uh, academic leaders, you know, think big. What, what, what problem is out there that we have the strength to solve? Yeah. Let's define that. Yeah. And then we will sell that vision to others because unless we define it, nobody will know what we want. Yeah. So then, you know, same thing as, uh, you know, you're right. If somebody wants to be a foundation president, then you can kind of help figure out, okay, what kind of environment uh, fits with the core values? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, are you prepared to deal with the other aspects of being in that role, whether it's uh, internal politics, bureaucratic situations, whatnot? And then maybe you can come back to uh, that place where you say, you know, I want to go work at an HBCU because I believe that mission speak to me. Yes. And it doesn't yeah. matter whether or not we're raising a hundred million or 10, because that 10 has an impact for that organization. Right. Or maybe it's the realize, realization that yes, that's what I want to do, but I'm at a point where I really don't think that that's reality and right. I'm okay with that. So here is reality of what I can do to have a similar impact right. without going through the different situations that may impact your family. Because yeah. I do think, especially in the post-pandemic world, uh, you, you know, one, uh, you know, one has to think about the totality 
of the uh you know the the the, the environment that they're in yeah. and i see a lot of professionals that are taking that into account so now i say well you know I'm okay being a uh, vice president or chief development officer remote from my house because that means I can go play ball with my kids or I can have more flexibility and work-life balance, you know? So okay. I really, I really think you hit it right in the head uh, uh, with, uh, with those comments. So I appreciate it. Well, there you have it. I'm Kim Naoni, and thanks again for tuning in to Mentorship Matters Podcast. See you soon.